When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to SFF Yeah, a podcast dedicated to all things science fiction and fantasy. This is episode two, and we are recording on June 16th. I'm Jen Northington, and I'm here with Sharifa Williams, and we are coming to you from Book Riot. Hey there, how's it going? It's going! I got my Hobbit mug and my coffee, (laughs) even though it's afternoon. (laughs) I have my Game of Thrones mug. Oh, do you? That I love, yeah. (laughs) Nice. I know not everybody's a Game of Thrones fan, but I love my... I love my Game of Thrones mug, and I is used it to take like a is it like a, a House Stark mug or something? It's not House Stark. It's somebody got it for me, and they were like, it, the person was at like Comic Con mm-hmm. in San Diego, and they were like, "What kind of animal do you like?" <laughs> and I was like, "Uh, I like." Octopi or octopuses, <laughs> I guess is the correct way to yeah, say it. Yeah, I just learned that this year too. <laughs> I think I learned that from one of your podcasts. <laughs> yes, it's very possible that it got talked about. <laughs> and then it, so he got me, um, oh, of course I've forgotten the oh, name the of the house, but it's Faring family. What are their yes, names? Yes, yes. Uh, we re, and it says like we, we reap or something like that. Right, right, right. I know exactly what you're talking about. Boy, our nerd cred is going to say I know. <laughs> it's, it's Friday here, y'all. It's Friday. Oh We've had a long week. I'm um, trying. I'm trying. But yeah, yeah. Anyway. So I love my mug is what I'm saying. And yes. Yeah. Mine um, cool. says the green dragon on it and came from Hobbiton in New Zealand. Rebecca brought it back for me when they oh, went. Oh, that's so I awesome. know. It's the best. So... Yes. Oh, it's All right, great good. joy, by the way. I have to save myself by Googling. Oh, yes. Yes. Do, do what you got to do. What's the name of your mug's house? Um, so we're going to talk about some science fiction and fantasy news. And then we are going to discuss today's theme, which is favorite villains. You can't see it, but I'm making Mr. Burns fingers here. Um, yes. And- <laughs> those fingers. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but before that, I'm going to tell you our first sponsor, which is Libby, which is uh, the new app from Overdrive, who, if you have ever used them before, they are a company that helps you read ebooks from your library. And I am a longtime ebook borrower from my library. I've been very fortunate in having libraries that have great ebook collections. And this new app, Libby, is the one tap reading app uh, for your library. They're, they've rebuilt the app from the ground up so that you can get started reading pretty much immediately. Um, so you can find ebooks and audiobooks. It's got uh, recommendations for you, it's got genres. You can search for specific titles or specific authors, it'll show you what's available. And it makes it really easy to get the book right then and there, downloaded to your device. You can use it on a phone or a tablet, uh, and it's just great. Uh, like, I really, getting, being able to borrow ebooks from the library has basically changed 
my reading life. I read way more digitally now than I ever used to before, mm-hmm. and I also save so much money on yeah, books. Yeah, I'm there with you. I mean, I don't know how I would do the Get Booked podcast, honestly, without being able to like go on Libby and find a book that's about like witches in Montreal for whichever yeah. asker is looking. <laughs> I completely agree. I started becoming a power e-library user because of like podcasts and also articles. Mm-hmm. So now it's like it's so convenient and we live in such a wonderful time where I you can just feel like, well, I need this book right away mm-hmm. and it's usually there unless yeah. somebody has taken it. But yeah, I know, right? There is the whole the whole hold thing. Sometimes you have to put a hold on it, even though yeah. it's digital, because that's how licensing works, apparently. Anyway, you should <laughs> definitely check out Libby. Uh, you can download the app in your app store, but you can also go to meet.libbyapp.com for more details. You should definitely check it out. If you like reading, if you like audiobooks, if you like reading on the go, you definitely want to check out Libby. Okay. So thank you to Libby for sponsoring the show. Our first news item, the very first ever speculative fiction winner of the Bailey's Prize. I'm I jazzed know. about this. It's 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 really cool. I'm I feel like sci-fi and fantasy have come such a long way. I think maybe even just genre in general. Mm-hmm. Now people are starting to take it seriously. It feels like so many more People are reading and talking about speculative fiction. So, yeah, this is really, it's really awesome. Yeah, I have not read this book yet. It's uh, the, the book's title, I should say, is The Power by Naomi Alderman. The premise is that it's a dystopian future where women and girls have developed the power to, like, electrocute men with a single touch. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which I, is, like, shockingly, like, I'm... You know, oh, I'm shocked. Shockingly, Sharifa. Shockingly, I'm like nudging you. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's pretty Accidental good. Puns. I didn't even try. <laughs> <laughs> Oh so yeah, I uh, I keep calling it speculative fiction because I haven't read it, and it sounds to me more like the like speculative than straight science fiction. Because is it genetic? Yeah. Like, do they explain how this power comes about? But anyway, that's just nitpicking. The point is, the prize is a literary prize. In the past, it has gone to very straightforward contemporary or historical novels. So this is kind of a big deal because, generally speaking, sci-fi, fantasy, and speculative fiction books don't win big literary prize yeah. awards. It just doesn't happen that way. So it, it occurred to me, it's kind of like a flip of what we were talking about with Underground Railroad. Like, that's a very literary I was novel. I thinking about that, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, and that was for, uh, you know, sci-fi fantasy mm-hmm. awards. So, mm-hmm. but when it is, when it comes into the realm of just like, you know, general category, sort of like where literary fiction is is uh, part of the equation as well as genre fiction, it's kind of impressive. It's, yeah. It's I mean, it's a little silly that this is a first in, you know, year of our angst 2017. Like, come on. Yes. But, I know. But, <laughs> But that's okay. I'll take it anyway. <laughs> so that is a lovely piece of news. I enjoy that that a lot. Yeah. And then there was um, there was the other side of the token where we did have somebody write about uh, the power winning the award and that 
they felt there was an opinion piece where they were talking about the fact that marginalized people in these dystopian novels are sometimes put out of the, they're not part of the story or they, they're put in the margins of the story. And I also thought that like, I'm really excited too about this, a sci-fi book winning this award, but I thought that it was kind of important to also think about that. And I've noticed it a lot in dystopian novels. So yeah, there there is always a little caveat to that stuff, and I feel like now we've come this far with, you know, sci-fi novels, but we need to go so much farther with yeah. writing about marginalized people in speculative fiction and science fiction fantasy, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and, we'll drop a link to the yeah. post in the show notes. Adiba wrote a very interesting, you know, take on on the power. So we'll definitely we'll definitely link to that. That is worth your time to read. Absolutely. And then we have some uh, this news. I just like yeah. I don't know why I this is so exciting and not funny because this was a horrible incident that happened. But so. There is a girl out there, a 12-year-old girl, who was a fan of the Hunger Games, and she ended up becoming a real-life hero by saving her friend. She made a makeshift tourniquet using a technique she read about in the Hunger Games, which is like, at first when I read it, I was like, doesn't it, can't you have, like, a problem when you make a tourniquet where maybe the person's leg has to be amputated or something? Like, I remember learning about that in yeah. biology. If I went on a too complete- tight, it's true. You yeah. Could, yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what could have happened? But this is pretty awesome, and it makes me think about all of the all of the books you can read about these horrible eventual futures that could maybe help you with your survival skills. Like we Mm -hmm. already have things like survivalism courses where you go out with a teacher and you learn how to survive off the land and to, I don't know, like lick moss off stones. Right, foraging and whatnot. (laughs) Yeah, but how cool would it be to have a course where you choose your books, like you have a set of books where you can learn about survivalism skills and you can kind of analyze how the characters in the story deal with these apocalyptic situations or, you know, maybe even dystopian situations. And then you sort of get to figure out your strategy and maybe even your bug out bag for... Right, right. I mean, not to sound like a crazy tinfoil hat, but... You know, that could be pretty cool. Yeah, I am into it. It's kind of like summer camp, summer camp for preppers. You know how they have those yeah. like Percy Jackson, you know, camps, um, summer camps for kids where you get like sorted into your houses. And wait, I didn't know about that. Oh yeah, that's no a real idea. thing that um, <laughs> bookstores and other folks have done. These where you like. You know, you get your, I can't remember what they call it, your affiliation or whatever. Like, you know, which, you know, God, you get assigned, you know, your your God family. Um, and they yeah. have all these activities that are related to the Percy 
Jackson books and um yeah it's a, it's a real it's a real thing that happens in the world so what if this was like the grown-up <laughs> version is like you know Hunger Games first aid and like you know zombie bug out bag training you never know you never know you don't you know develop it's a true. healthy paranoia when you read yeah, this right. much I I just life. recently somebody at BEA gave me a multi-tool as part of a swag bag and I like oh, put wow. it on my keychain and felt very prepared <laughs> like if I need to measure something during the apocalypse I am super ready you so. never know when you're gonna need to go to Ikea and yes measure some furniture or like open a can of beans that are my last food and I don't have a can opener but if I still have my keychain I'll have my multi-tool <laughs> So. Keep your keychain around if you possibly. It'll go in my bug out bag for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. I used to actually love those Swiss Army knives for that mm. very same reason because I felt like, you know, you will always be prepared in those situations. And I'm definitely going to need some preparation because if I'm alone in the apocalypse, <laughs> I'm going to be one of those. I'm not going to be one of those, you know. It's not going to be a story of survival and no. hope. It's going to be like, she was the first one killed off. So right. I, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to like, I don't think I'm going to make it. Let's be no. real. <laughs> like, I run a little bit, but I don't run that much. And I am not that handy. And I am not a particularly violent person. And I just don't think I will make it. But that's okay. You know, it's that's all right. All right. Uh, okay, speaking of apocalypses, um, <laughs> the passage, which some of you may already know, but I also missed this. Uh, it just got announced recently. The passage, they're doing a TV show of The Passage by Justin Cronin, and Mark Paul Gossler has been cast as Agent Brad Wolgast, which is, okay, I loved Pitch. I'm still really upset that it got canceled, and it was my first sort of... It, I had I had really hadn't realized that Zach Morris had grown up and could still act like that I was know. not a thing. <laughs> that See, was not I a didn't thing. watch I didn't watch Pitch, so when oh, I saw this, you should this, watch that it. Was, it's so good, though. Okay, I'm gonna watch it. I have heard a lot of about it. I just like I'm not a TV person, but it's like I will one be a season. TV it'll take you. Yeah, it'll take you. And Mark Paul Gossler is so good in it. It's Zach Morris. I, I don't know if I can see him He's as got a anything. Beard and stuff. I know. I'm looking at this photo of him right now and he looks very serious. Mm-hmm. All the wrinkles on the forehead. And I'm just like weirded out right now. <laughs> but <laughs> it's cool. Like it, it I could sort of see him, like, once I get past Saved by the Bell, I could mm-hmm. see him as a uh, as a wall ghast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of excited. I don't know how you feel about it in general. I always sort of, one part of me is excited about these adaptations, and the other part of me, especially if I really enjoyed a book, is kind of like, ugh, like, I don't. I just there's a part of me that's very cynical about whether or not they'll make it happen in a way that'll please me as the oh. reader. So I 100 percent agree. I'm I I try to be hopeful, but I do get very very nervous. Um, 
Because you get burned so much. Oh, as you a do. Reader. You get burned so hard, especially with genre stuff. Because yeah. you know budgets are tough, and if they don't do a good enough job with the production value for the special effects, it just mm-hmm. kind of ruins everything. I will say this casting is very interesting. We kind of fell down a rabbit hole looking into this. So for Amy, oh, who yeah. is the sort of special girl who's going to save the world, maybe uh, they cast Sania Sydney, who I didn't know. Um, um, but she was in Hidden Figures. If I'm yeah, I was just looking at her IMDb, and she yeah. has had a lot. She has had a lot in her career. She seems very prolific. Capable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and also she's she's black, which in yeah. the books, um, you know, uh, the Amy is white. Uh, so I thought that was very interesting. And this is the second case of race bending we've seen with a central kid female character mm-hmm. because they did a similar thing with Girl with All the Gifts. Um, the main character in that book in Melanie, in, yeah, yeah, Melanie is uh, she's she's white in the in the book and they cast a young black woman um for the for the movie so i, I that's I, I just think it's interesting i don't know that i mean i don't know if you can call it a trend or if it should be called a trend but and I, it's, I it's funny because there is there like in my mind there's also like a sort of parallel between Melanie and her teacher, whose name I've, I'm already forgetting. Miss Justino. Yeah, Miss Justino. There's a parallel between her and then Amy in the passage mm. and Sister Lacey. Is that her yes, name? Yes, the nun. Lacey. Yeah. Mm-hmm, the nun. So there, that felt like a very similar relationship. And That's I don't think they say in this article who um, Sister Lacey is going to be played by. You know, I double-checked the IMDb page and her name isn't listed. So I okay. wonder if her character is even making the pilot like maybe they've edited her out i don't know i don't know oh yeah i could see them changing that right like i mean she does have a really important part to play at the end of book one but if they're gonna change the plot line at all which is very possible who knows who knows um i'm excited though that they also cast bj Britt as um peter because again bj Britt also from he was in Pitch, and he was in S.H.I.E.L.D., and I loved him in S.H.I.E.L.D. He was so good, uh, and and he's just amazing, so I'm super excited about that. And the rest of the casting, I mean, these people, like, um, who is it? They cast Genesis, Genesis Rodriguez for Alicia. Oh, yeah. Alicia, she, yeah. Yeah, she definitely, like, I looked at her face, I was like, yep, that could be Alicia. Sure, why not? So Yeah, it's funny. You just have sort of, like, in my head, I have not, like, a generic look for people, but... Like, I just thought somebody who was tough looking, and I think that she could be. I think she could look like she's tough and ready to fight some. Oh, yeah. Some horrible monsters. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, but it's super interesting. The whole switching up of, um, you know, making Amy uh, a black child instead of a white child, which, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing this. And,. Sunia Sydney looks like she's a, a great actress, so I can't mm-hmm. wait to see her. This is probably going to be the first movie I see her in. So, Pilot. Pilot TV, right? TV? Oh, yeah, that's right. TV. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so I, used to saying movies for these things. I know, right? Um, I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm very curious about it. I, I, I confess I only read the first book. I, I couldn't quite get into the second one, and I haven't picked up the third one at all. So my knowledge of the story is limited entirely to just the passage. I read them like I read the second book 
years after I read the first mm-hmm. book, so it was hard for me to catch up. But I ended up reading them all, and I, you know, they have a lot of story to work with. That book gets oh, yeah. really complex. There are so many characters and mm-hmm. so many different things happening on so many different timelines. So mm-hmm. that's going to be interesting to see how, if they keep going, like if they keep going through the end of it. Yeah, I was also wondering how they're going to handle the time jump because in one of the book's timelines, Amy is a very different age yes. from where it starts. And Sinea C- Sydney looks like she's like early Amy, but they didn't have a separate person listed as like older Amy. So now I'm like, oh, are they going to change? Like, what are they going to change? I'm so curious. I know. I feel like there's there's already one part of it where I was like, did that actually happen in the right. story where they talk about, and this is in the article, they talk about one of the... Um, one of the characters who's going to become uh, one of the monsters is named Oh, yeah, that Shauna. didn't happen in the books. That yeah, didn't happen. Yeah, and I was happen. like, no. did I, for- I could easily have forgotten the name mm-hmm. of a character. But, yeah, that didn't happen. So I'm sure there are going to be differences. Yeah. And we'll just have to see. Yep. But I'm encouraged by the casting, I confess. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we can move on to our sponsor, too, which is us. Yay. Book Riot Insiders, which is an exciting place, an exciting community. It's an exclusive digital hangout for the Book Riot community. And there are a number of subscription levels that you can choose. There is Short Story, which is $3 a month or $29 a year. And you get monthly behind a monthly behind-the-scenes newsletter, which is really fun. You get to see what, you know, editors are up to and staff is up to. Um... And learn more about their processes, and then you get an exclusive monthly Book Riot store deal, which I love because my Book Riot hoodie is my favorite thing in the world, and I'm actually (laughs) wearing it right now. Yes. (laughs) Like a nerd. Um, And then you can also get the novel subscription level, which is $5 a month or $49 a year, and you get all the same things you get with the short story subscription. But you also get the Read Harder podcast, which is yes. bi-weekly. And I am one of the hosts along with uh, Josh Corman. And um, I think it's exciting. So I hope you listen. Uh, <laughs> and that's uh, you can actually get that at bookriot.com slash podcast insiders. Um, and along with that, you get a new release index, which everybody seems really excited about. I'm really excited about it, and I have used it many times already, where it's a curated list of new releases, so you can find out in advance what's coming out each month. And that is curated, I believe, by Liberty, um, our very own Liberty Hardy, and she is an amazing reader and an amazing curator of books, so she knows what she's talking about and what she's doing. And, um, yeah, and then there's the Epic Spot, which is sold out. So you can go to insiders.bookriot.com to find out more. And I hope you do because it's an awesome, it's an awesome subscription. Mm-hmm. All right. So our theme for today is favorite villains, <laughs> which I love. I love it. I love villains. <laughs> I do love a good villain. I do. I do. My Okay, so... 
I, the very first one that came to mind, because I am so recently in love with this book, and because the sequel came out, is it this week? I, it's on my, it's on the top yeah, of my reading stack. Yeah, it came out stack. really recently. If it wasn't this week, it was like last week. Yeah, yeah. Is, uh, so my favorite, in terms of villainous protagonists, so like they get to have mm-hmm. a little bit of a say, but they are definitely also cast as the villain, is Shua, Shuos Jadao from Nine Fox Gambit by Yoon Ha Lee, because he's like a, he's like a genius ghost like a genius insane ghost like what's what's he not is. to love about that it's such a strange character and he's also so charismatic mm-hmm. like he was the most charismatic to me he was the most charismatic character in that book and so strange it's so that whole book like it's so yeah. strange the premise of Shuo's Jadao Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, it's not every book you get, like, you know, a military captain who has to go into battle and be possessed by the ghost of an of an insane tactician to to win a fight that then is probably gonna get her like court-martialed anyway like it's so and the world building is so complicated in nine fox gambit which Mm -hmm. i really loved once i kind of you know you just kind of have to go with it until and it eventually becomes more clear but it's so well done uh i cannot wait to read the sequel and so yeah so he he jedow wins for for my favorite of villainous (laughs) villainous protagonist villainous protagonist yeah he's awesome for me, I chose for my villainous protagonist, I chose Nimona. Yes. And of course, that is graphic novel, and it is by Noel uh, Noel Stevenson. I can I always forget how to pronounce her first name. I think Noelle it's Noel. Stevenson. Yeah. yeah, Noel Stevenson. And it's I just in general love this book, and the whole premise is basically about a villainous protagonist and. You're reading about a villain instead of a hero, which I thought was so fun. It sort of took me back to um, there's this old children's book about where the story of the three little pigs is told from the wolf's perspective. Oh, is that the John Sheska one? Is that I think so. I like haven't read it since I was a book. kid. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it took me back to that and. Nimona is such a great character. She's so, like, she's in her own world, and she's so ready to fight some heroes and to finally make it happen for the villain because the villain in this book, Lord Ballister Blackheart, is one of those villains who's, like, foiled again, and every single time (laughs) he does not, he cannot win. And it's because of this, you know, system in place for heroes where it's like the institution of law enforcement and heroics comes in and they have sort of their the bureaucracy of this world and Nimona's like nah forget about all that I'm gonna change things up by being your your little henchman (laughs) and even though she's like villainous and she murders people or she's ready yeah (laughs) she turns into a shark she's amazing oh my gosh that shark part I was talking about this earlier and I I was laughing so hard. It's very rare for me to, like, actually laugh out loud with a book. But just <laughs> seeing her turn into a shark, I I don't know. If you haven't read that book, um, any of you listeners out there, I just cannot recommend it enough. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, at, at the end of it, I really, really wanted more. 
Mm-hmm. And there is no more. No, <laughs> I know. Mona. I was reading it when it was, she had first started it as an online comic, and I was reading it sort of as she was writing it. And oh, then as wow. soon as I found out, yeah, it was very frustrating. I'm not going to lie. I was mm-hmm. like, what's going to happen next? Um, and so then as soon as I found out that they were issuing it as a book, I like stopped reading. So then I could, you know, pick it up at all and binge it all at once. Um, totally worth it. Totally worth it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that book. Nimona is amazing. So I was thinking about other categories of villains, and then I was thinking about, well, which are the villains that are the creepiest villains to me? Like, which are the ones that freak me out the most? And I have a tie. Uh, So my tie for creepiest is Lek from the Graceling series by Kristen Cashore, who is tied with the Beast from the Magician series by Lev Grossman. And I have to admit, I have not read... Well, I started reading The Magicians. I've not read the Graceling series. Okay, okay. So I started reading The Magicians, and it. I feel like I'm an unpopular opinion here because I did. I could not get with The Magicians. <laughs> That's okay, and it doesn't work for everyone. Um, I will say <laughs> the thing that I like about it is that. So book one of The Magician series, which is called The Magicians, is about Quentin, who is kind of... I mean, he's kind of a drip. Like, he is very smart and very depressed and very self-absorbed because that's, of course, he is. He's like an 18-year-old boy who is, you know, too smart for his own good, who then discovers that he can go to magic college and, like, thinks that magic is going to fix all his problems, but they don't fix anything. In fact, they just make certain problems worse. Uh, (laughs) So he can be a difficult narrator to get behind if that kind of voice is, is one of your pet peeves, which I know for a lot of people it is. I will say that I think that the books actually, like, I really, I was into it from the first book because, you know, it's it's Harry Potter with sex and drugs, which is, I'm, I'm, I I'm into. That's what, yeah. But um, I do feel like they improve as they go along in terms of, like, giving you more voices to, to attach to. So the second book is part Quentin and part Julia. And then the third book, you got a bunch of narrators. And the action in the third book, oh, man, so good. Um, there's, like, a giant battle with, like, flying griffins and trees and magic. And, oh, it's just really intense. Um, but the beast villains. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Beast from the Magicians is this, like, super powerful demonic presence, I'm trying not to spoil anything, who, like, okay. basically <laughs> wants to murder everyone. And it's, I mean, when you have, like, somebody who can do bananas magic and is evil, like, that's really scary. And then Lek from the Graceling series, so so you haven't read these, so I'll explain a little bit. So yeah, the Graceling series takes place in sort of like, it's like a medieval-ish fantasy world, um, and the main character of the first one, Katza, uh, has, she's a, she's a Graceling, which means she has two different color eyes, and if you have two different color eyes in this world, it means you have a power. Um, and her power appeals to, appears to be that she's good at killing people. So her uncle, who is like a terrible ruler dude, uses her as an enforcer. And so she's kind of been brought up to believe that all she's good for is hurting other people and that she's like not fit for, you know, polite society. And this is her only job. And her uncle is like very emotionally abusive and whatever. But in the meantime, she decides to like... That even if all she's good at is hurting people, she's going to use that power for good. And she starts to rebel against her uncle and, like, find a network of people she can trust and et cetera, et cetera. But there's a side villain named Lek who... 
This is kind of a spoiler for book one. Oh, if no. You, if you have not read these and you don't want to hear a spoiler, like cover your ears and start singing to yourself for a minute. But Lek can basically control people with his words. Like he can tell you a thing and make you believe it. That sounds very dangerous. It's very dangerous. It's very <laughs> scary. Um, so, so that is why they are tied in my head. Those are my two creepiest. For some reason, when I thought about creepy, I was thinking about like creepy as in like horror creepy where they're gross or they're monstrous. Oh, and yeah. the, the first thing before I came up with uh, the one I actually chose was actually the monsters from the passage. I keep wanting to call they them vampires. They are. I mean, they're vampires, kind of vampires. They're kind of vampires. Yeah. I was just looking at another article where um, Justin Cronin was talking about how he still doesn't like it when people call <laughs> them vampires. Well, <laughs> bro, like, okay. you might want to have considered well, that when you wrote them. <laughs> okay. Sorry. But so, because, and specifically because I, I don't usually have nightmares because of something I've watched or read, mm. but after reading the first book, The Passage, I had horrible nightmares about those monsters. And yeah, that's fair. I could not, like, get it out of my head, so, but that wasn't my choice in the end. Um, I chose somebody who just scares me a lot like I would never want to meet her in person and that's the commandant from An Ember in the Ashes and Ooh. the Torch Against, uh, Torch Against the Night uh Karis Vittoria from that series mm-hmm. she is just like and I there's I'm afraid of her but I also love that she's a character in these books because you don't often get a character like her where she is just completely pitiless and it's a woman, and she is the leader of this this martial empire, or at least their military. And the way she acts how and how heartless she is, you don't normally see that with these uh, with like a female character in a position of power there. Sometimes there's like a a little bit of a soft side. She has no soft side. Mm. And she always knows what you're doing before you do it. And there were moments in the scene because if you haven't read it, um, so An Ember Ember in the Ashes is about Laia who's – she came up in a scholar family. She's a slave and Elias is a soldier. Uh, Elias is the other character in this book, and both of them live in completely different worlds. Laia, her family has been sort of living underground, and the scholars in general have to uh, take care of themselves, make sure the Martial Empire doesn't find out about them, and Elias is on the other side. He is in their military, and he is also, I don't I don't think this is a spoiler, uh, he's also the, maybe I shouldn't say it anyway. <laughs> He has his whole family lineage is about him becoming the leader of military for the the Martial Empire. And so he's on his journey and Laya's on hers after her family is viciously murdered. Um, And then they both end up in the same place and they both end up under the commandant's gaze. And there were moments in Laya's story where she's basically a spy and... 
I kept thinking, oh my goodness, the commandant is going to find out what you're doing. (laughs) And I was so nervous. Like, I had sweaty palms the whole time I was reading it because I was so scared. That's (laughs) real. That's real. Fictional villain. (laughs) And then later in the series, um, well, the second book in the series, which is the only other one that's out right now, A Torch Against the Night, there's another character that comes into the story who is also similarly villainous and creepy and he's the night bringer and he's sort of this like amorphous shadowy figure you don't even in the second book you don't really you can't put a finger on who or what he is and i think that's part of the creep factor is just when it's the not knowing Mm. what a person is but you know they have the worst intentions in the Mm -hmm. world so Mm -hmm. i love getting a little glance at the nightbringer and i'm really looking forward to the third book i sort of wish i had waited until they were all out to read because (laughs) it's i read the first one and then i paused and i'm not sad about it i'm gonna wait until the series is done that's right you should don't don't give in (laughs) i I was like, no, I was, I was really sad when I got to the end of the book because I wanted, it, it definitely felt like I needed more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking about in terms of villains was I was trying to think of like a villain who I wanted to be like, who hurt you? Like, tell me your story. Like, yeah. I want to know, <laughs> I want to know what, how did you side. become this? Um, and this was, actually harder than I thought because a lot of authors these days do this. Like, you do get the villain's backstory, which is great, um, but it's hard when you're trying to think of somebody you didn't get that for. And the person who occurred to me, well, person is not exactly the right word. The villain who (laughs) occurred to me is Sydney from The Prey of Gods, which just came out by Nikki Drayden, which is so good and so bonkers, complicated, and so many good characters, and there's demigoddesses, and there's mitochondrial DNA, and there's drugs, and there's concerts, and there's technology, and artificial intelligence, and oh my gosh, everything is that in book this is book. off the wall. It's, it the is. Wall. It's off the wall. <laughs> um, but Sydney is the demigoddess who is, like, she's a murderess, and she gets her powers from fear, and she, like, has no qualms about doing it, and you see her murder multiple people on the page, mm-hmm. and then she, like, hatches this plan to basically like cause enormous amounts of death and destruction so that she can be powerful again and somehow i i didn't root for her but i also didn't hate her the way that i felt like i yes. should have like she's terrible she's an awful awful being and yet Like, she was so funny sometimes, and I just found myself being like, but let's hear from Sydney more about this. I know. I mean, there are moments where she's like, okay, she's upset because things aren't going Mm -hmm. her way because she's not, you know, there are other people who have powers and things. But then she also gets equally upset that somebody wore the same dress as her for her big night. Like. Like, she's so petty. She's so delightfully petty. She is. I mean, she's like a nail technician turned demigod. Well, not turned demigod. Demigod is turned nail technician, I think, is the right way to put it, right? Yes, demigod is turned nail technician. (laughs) And that's like this whole story. Like, there are so many. It's like the clash of the day-to-day ridiculousness and this completely 
unreal story. I just, yeah. Yeah. I agree Yeah, it's like, like if the gods in American Gods had day jobs, like Sydney is kind of what that's like. And she's so, she's so fascinating. She's hard to look away from. Yeah. Yeah, she is. (laughs) (laughs) I love that book. I feel like more people, I hope more people read it now. It's finally out. So. Mm -hmm. In paperback, no less. Paperback original. Oh, yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. I thought it was I think. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. No, no, you might be right. I think so. You might be right. I just never even checked it. Usually it just auto it comes out hardcover and then later on it's paperback, but that's good to know. I need to get my copy. I only have the e version, so I I'm definitely going to have that on my shelf. But yeah, I was just thinking I wasn't even thinking about um the complexities of a villain's other story. I was thinking about now what villain do I have a big crush on? <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair question. Because there have been those villains. Like, I feel like this has been somewhat my history, especially from, um, like, classic movies about villains like, not Frankenstein. I did not have a crush on Frankenstein. But definitely, <laughs> like, Dracula and that sort of thing. So I have always had, like, a weird side of of just like, wow, this villain is kind of like, he's he's sort of my my type. Is, is so, Draco Malfoy, are you a Draco Malfoy fan? I, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. Draco cool. Malfoy is a little bit too sniveling for me. <laughs> okay. He's not, I need, a, and, and yeah, I like mine a little bit older. Well, but, <laughs> reasonable. <laughs> But no, I ended up choosing the Darkling from Shadow and Bone, and I know that I am not the only one who has a major crush on the Darkling. I think even Amanda has said she does as well. But well, Amanda is House Slytherin, so that is not surprising to me. But okay, but I don't know about the Darkling, so you have to explain this to me. So the Darkling is so in Shadow and Bone, which is the first book in the Shadow and Bone series by Leigh Bardugo, um, there's Alina Starkov as the protagonist, and she discovers her powers in this world where her powers are extremely important. Um, everything is dark. The, the country is ravaged by war. And then the Darkling comes in. And he's this super powerful guy who has all of these privileges, and it's because he has these really he has he has great power basically, mm-hmm. and he's very mysterious, and he wears all black, so he's very like he totally appeals to my goth sensibilities, <laughs> and so she's taken under his wing. And he, like, sort of helps her pull the power out. And so at first he seems like he's a really helpful, good character who just has her best interests in mind. But then, of course, you find out he has alternative motives. Mm. And But you see this side of him where he's like, you know, like, he's got this power and he's very dark and mysterious. And so you still, or at least I still, sort of was like... Well, I know that he's, like, villainous and he has, you know, terrible intentions, but maybe you guys can still make it work. Like, (laughs) it could 
still work out. It could be okay. I'm so terrible. She can save him. She can change him. I will never be a relationship therapist. I just want everybody to know that because I can see the problems in my own readings of this book. It's but right. yeah. So All's fair in fandom, right? <laughs> yeah. I have literally like drawn like fan art of the dark <gasps> can we link I'm to like, it in the show notes can we i can't <laughs> no <laughs> we can yes. we can yes <laughs> i feel like i didn't do him justice like i made him look like a like a death metal person with like a fur coat <laughs> amazing <laughs> like, where did this come from but yeah we're definitely so linking to that in the show notes we can link to it <laughs> the type of person I am. I felt very, I felt very YA at that moment. This is why you're my favorite, Sharifa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a nerd. It's okay. That's what we're here for. That is what we're here for. That is what we're here for. <laughs> well, on that note. <laughs> That is today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. You can tune in to the next episode. We're on an every other Wednesday schedule. Uh, thank you to our sponsors for sponsoring the show and helping make it happen. Uh, please do give us a review on iTunes. The show is so new and we would love to hear what you think. And um, We would also love for other people to be able to find it better, which every review really does help for that. Um, you can find me. I am on Twitter as Jen IRL, Jen with two N's IRL. I also write a weekly swords and spaceships newsletter, which is also about things science fiction and fantasy related. Um, you can sign up for that on bookriot.com and that comes out every Friday. And I'm also on the get booked podcast, which is, uh, out every other third, no, every Thursday. Yes. It's weekly. I was weekly. about to say, wow. I'm- yeah. No, it's weekly. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it really is. Um, <laughs> And on that show, we answer write-in questions about what you should read next. And you can find me almost everywhere at Sinab Williams. That's S-C-A-I-N-A-B Williams. And I am, as I said before, also on the Read Harder podcast. So sign up for Insiders so you can hear me talking about my Read Harder tasks along with Josh Gorman. Um, and yeah, that's that's where you can find me. And I guess we're done, and thank you so much for listening. Yep, thank you. See you next time.